all right father we thank you this wonderful evening thank you everyone go ahead and share the link if you haven't done that we thank you this wonderful evening thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you we thank you we thank you Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. There is none to be compared with you. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. All right. How many of you were blessed with yesterday's teaching? I wonder if you were blessed with yesterday's teaching. Don't lie. Lie not. Lie don't. Alright. So yesterday, what was our topic yesterday? Your response will now, will now used to know what was our topic yesterday. Because mm. I want to teach also tonight, so there won't be need teaching again if yesterday you've already forgotten what I thought about life of profit. Thank you. All right, I gave us five different points. Five principles to live a life of profit number one is what all right don't have the wrong people and we took our scripture from proverbs 6 from verse 1 number two is what Wisdom is partly complete. That's partly complete. Wisdom and making wise decisions. Wisdom and making wise decisions. It is one thing to be wise like Solomon. It's another thing not to marry 300 wives with 700 concubines. You can have wisdom and make stupid decisions if you are not careful. Solomon was a wise man, but the wives wasn't a wise choice because at the end of the day, he lost God because of them. All right. Number three. 
Number three is hard work. Beautiful. Number four. Number four. Some people are going to check their notes. So you must believe God and His prophets. All right. Number five. The last. Put a stop to demonic activities. All right, that's beautiful. I hope you keep these things to heart and you put them to work. The word of God is not a story to be heard. All right, is rather an experience to be lived. Okay, please sit back, meditate on them, go back to that message. And see how you can make it a reality in your life. I'm going to share something more like a testimony. But it's more like an example. And it points to the teaching we're going to deal with tonight. Tonight I'm doing a start on the believer's authority. I'm doing a start tonight on the believer's authority. I promised to um, touch on that topic long ago. So we're starting tonight. Listen, tonight if I don't the time to minister if you can receive what i'm about to teach if you can receive it well then you don't even need somebody to minister to you you should be the one ministering to people all right you should be the one ministering to people i'm serious i'm serious somebody came to me i was like oh look at look at look at what what he was going through and all that, having a lot of nightmares and all that. I said, okay, come see me. And came and I prayed with them and I laid hands. And I said, go back. It's done. And when he came to this, okay, how was the night? How was the, how was the nightmare? He said, there was no nightmare. I'm like, why? It was quiet. I said, what of your wife? He said, there's no nightmare, nothing. Why? He said, no, the power of God. I said, okay, I'm glad you know it's the power of God. So what am I saying? Every believer has what it takes to change seasons. All right? Now let's go into the teaching. And I'm sure you're going to get it. I beg you, don't sleep off. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. Somebody posted a message while we were teaching yesterday that Scorpion beat the husband. Is she online yet? I think she's not online yet. All right, and I ask her a question. I say, were you online two nights ago? She said, no, she slept off. Does your Was your husband ever connected? He said, no, he has never joined our meeting. I said, okay. If you remember, the same two nights ago, one of our members, we had a very terrible prayer meeting. And after that meeting, somebody killed Scorpion on her bed. Now look at this. The pain... Say my husband is in excruciating pain. The pain, the time in the hospital, the money that would have been spent in the hospital and all of it, by prayer, by an atmosphere, God saved someone. 
All right? So we don't know what God keeps us from. We don't know what God keeps us from. Because it didn't happen doesn't mean that nothing was there. All right? So please, just stay with me. Let's do this. And I trust God that tonight is going to be a blessed one for us. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you, Lord. I ask that let there be angelic activities. Angelic activities right now over this platform. Let heavens open. Let heavens open. Lord, even as we hear your word, your word that is as two sharper than any two-edged sword, let it pierce to the dividing of the bones of the marrows and to the soul. Father, I ask hardness of heart be broken, seasons change, afflictions terminated, sickness is full of, pains be healed in the name of Jesus. Needs be met. Lord, your miracle power. Lord, even as your word come, let clarity come to someone's heart. Let a prophetic word come to someone. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. One of the, things, the reason why I like just keeping an atmosphere with the Holy Spirit is, um, I think somebody just sent me a message. I was even thinking a sister Philomena's husband. Somebody just sent me a message um, a few minutes ago, and this, um, this person from UK, I don't know the person, but I kept getting a particular vision, a particular vision. I was like, I used to be Philomena's husband. I was confused. I'm like, I know she's not, I've, I've prayed for her, I've spoken with her, but she's not looking for a baby. Why am I seeing a new baby and all that? Or like, oh, this person, I'm like, okay, now I know why I say, okay, look at what, this is what I see. I see a baby boy and this, that, that, that. I'm like, oh, that, just like that. Just like that. Just like that. So keeping your atmosphere is sweet because the Holy Spirit drops a word at any time. And the word just comes to pass. Father, we thank you. All right. Tonight, we are looking at the believer's authority. If you can hear me, I would like to see it on your screen. And if you are a believer, we are 38 people online. So I would like to see everybody type it. That's a sign that you are following me. The believer's authority. The believer's authority. The believer's authority. The believer's authority, all right? Keep it coming, keep it coming, keep it coming. Keep it coming. And those of you that read Bible verse for me, please get it, get your Bible ready. We would have a lot of scriptures to be able to take our stand tonight. All right. Just as the word there connotes the believer, we know what a believer, who a believer is. And I, I believe everyone here is a believer. That's why you are here. A believer is somebody who believes in something. Okay? When you are gathered around Islams, you can also say they are believers. They are believers. They believe in what they believe. You are gathered around um idol worshippers, you can call them believer. So it is a, a plain word, all right? But understand now that we're not talking about believers in general context. We're talking about the believer. So the believer is a certain word. 
the believer that speaks of those who believe in Christ and authority. And as the full word sounds, it does not entertain fear in its nature. The believer's authority is not giving or showing any sign of fear. The word authority, we understand what it is. It speaks of strength, it speaks of power, it speaks of control, it speaks of right, it speaks of dominion. All right? The believer's authority speaks of all those things. It does not connote fear, it does not connote uh, um, doubt, it does not connote unbelief. So when we talk about the believer's authority, we are talking about a believer's life void of fear, void of doubt, and void of unbelief. A believer's life void of fear, void of doubt, and void of unbelief. So we are saying in the nutshell that a believer should and can have a life that is fearless. A believer should and can have a life that is not doubtful, irrespective of whatever you are waiting on God for, irrespective of whatever you are going through. A believer can have a life full of belief. The believer's authority is simply using your God-given rights to take what you want in God's will. The believer's authority is simply using your God's given right to take what you want within God's will. That is the contest. You don't just take what you want. You know, a lot of believers believe you can ask anything from God and get anything from God. Why don't you ask for a replay now? Why don't you go and ask God to become the president of your country now? No. Your request must be within a context of maturity, understanding, but most importantly, God's will. If you read the book of, I think, 1 John chapter 5 from verse 14, from verse 14, it said, and this is the confidence we have that whatsoever we ask in his will, whatsoever we ask according to his will, he heareth us. So you don't come and say, okay, I want to ask God for something. Father, can you just give me um, Nanakufado's wife? No, that's not God's will. All right? You should ask for somebody who is single, not somebody's wife. So your, your request, one of the things that grants you power in prayer, you, your answer, your request, your need must be centered around the will of God around the will of God. It's very important for you to understand. So the believer's authority is simply using your God-given right to take what you want in God's will. The believer's authority is to put the devil where he belongs. This is a part we're going to be dealing with very strongly tonight. The believer's authority is simply putting the devil where he belongs. The believer authority is to give life to dying things. The believer's authority is to give life to dying things, dying situations, dying people. It is part of the believer's authority. The believer's authority is a right to change situation. The believer's authority is a right 
and the power to be able to turn situations around. Now, I want to establish this understanding before we, we, we proceed. Um, in the Bible, we have two different fractions, which is the Old Testament or the Old Covenant and the New Testament or the New Covenant. And in all of it, there is a word called salvation. The word salvation simply means to be saved, to be redeemed. Before you are called a believer, you must first be saved to be redeemed. When you're talking about being redeemed, means you are being taken out of something, taken out of somewhere. If you are talking about being saved, it means you were dying or you were dead or something held you ransom that we have to bring you out from. The book of Ephesians had to put it this way that we were all dead men. The book of Ephesians had to put it that we were all dead men in our sins and Christ died and saved us. All right? So you must understand. And if you read the book of this is Ephesians 2 and verse 8, it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith and not ourselves. It is the gift of God. So salvation is a gift. But it requires you to do what a work called belief. And the reason why I'm trying to create this um, to um, fraction and lay foundation. I want to bring in a word that a lot of us have been hearing, but we don't really understand what that word is. Now, in the part of the New Testament, the New Testament is not just all new. In part of the New Testament, there is an end of the Old Testament. John the Baptist was the last Old Testament prophet. The Old Testament did not end in Malachi. It was only where they marked it in the Bible. John the Baptist was the last Old Testament prophet. The New Testament began from the existence of Jesus. The New Testament began, so there's some, um, what, what do I call it now? Some argument that the New Testament actually began from the communion when Jesus took the, the, the cup and said this is the blood of the cup rather of the New Testament. So we, we could say that the New Testament actually started on the cross. But not to confuse us, not to do a lot of exegesis, the New Testament started the moment Jesus came on the scene, not when he was born, no. The moment he now started ministry at the age of 30 years, a new testimony began. A new event, a new era began to unfold. So the things that happened from that moment backward were still the laws of Moses, the errors of Moses. They still have the beliefs of Moses. And that was why they hated Jesus. He came to bring a new understanding. So by the death of Christ, by the death of Christ, salvation was made possible to mankind by confession. If you read the book of Romans chapter 10 from verse 8, 9, 10, it said, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made. So now there is something I want to introduce now, a very common word called new creation. New creation. 
new creation. New creation. So the moment you receive Christ, what we call born again, you are called a new creation. You are called a new creation. Second Corinthians 5.17 calls it, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So the day you get born again, this is why a lot of believers, listen, you're going to understand why you lack power. You're going to understand why you are not manifesting God's power. You're going to understand why you have to struggle to prophesy. You're going to understand why you struggle to do what you do. Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, look at this. That means... Before you got born again, I don't care to know the age you got born again. You got born again at 50, at 20, at 30, at 15, 25, 35, whatever. You were a different person. The moment you got born again, something new happened to you. The day you received Jesus, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. You got convicted that now you want to be a Christian. You want to follow God. I don't mean the day you started going to church. No, I mean the day you received Jesus. Because you can be in church and you are not in Christ. It's a two different things altogether. So the day you enter Christ, you can be in church playing all kind of games. The moment you receive Christ, it said a new thing happened to you and you are called a new creature. So if you are here, you are born again, you are a new creature. It said all things are passed away. The old thing passing away there includes your old life, includes your sinful nature, whether you kill somebody, whether you um, committed uh, adultery, whether you, whatever that you have done in the past, the day you say, Father, I am sorry, the cross appears. That was what Christ died for. Alright? That's why I told you that you, you don't get saved by following God. You get saved by accepting Jesus. You don't get saved by confessing your sin. You get saved by confessing Jesus as your Lord and Savior because God puts everything on Jesus. So it didn't say if any man be in God. No, if any man be in Christ, it, no matter who the man be, is it a Muslim, an atheist, an idol worshiper, the moment you enter Christ, that thing you've done in the past is gone. Now, the reason why he said old things are passed away, so your old life, certain things are gone, he said, behold, all things have become new. The word behold is see, 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 see. You need to see it. You need to understand it. You need a new transformation. You need a new kind of thinking. This year, Romans chapter 12 verse 2 comes in and said, be a transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need to know because everybody here, after you got born again, you went to church or wherever you got born again. After you got born again, your skin color did not change. The clothes you wore to church did not change. Your name did not change. Your thinking probably to an extent didn't change. Your weaknesses, you still had the same hunger. You still had the same lust. You still had the same laziness. So 
that thing is what created the problem, the reason why you cannot manifest the power of God. That day, a power entered you, life entered you, something left you, a new thing entered. But because your body is still the same, your name is still the same, everything is still the same, so you feel you are still the old you. Let me tell you what happened now. When you get born again, man is made up of three components. Let me put it that way. In, that will give you a better understanding. Man is made up of three components, body, spirit, and soul. The day you got born again, it is your spirit that gets born again, not your body, not your soul. Your body is the flesh you touch that has color, you feed, that gets hungry, you can rub cream, you can wear clothes. Your spirit is the actual you. The re-existence of man is the spirit. When God wants to deal with you, he deals with the spirit. When Satan wants to deal with you, he deals with the spirit. Then inside the spirit, there is another component called the soul. The soul is where you have the mind, where you have the thinking faculty, your will, your conscience, what we call the heart. But the soul is not actually the heart. The heart is something that pumps blood. Your soul is not in your chest. It is your heart that is in your chest. Your soul, you, your soul, you can say your head. All right? Sometimes we say, oh, Father, as I pray, touch my mind. You will not put your hand on your chest. No, your mind is actually in your head. Your subconscious. All right? The heart is just what pump blood. That is not the spiritual heart of man is in the mind. It's inside the soul. So the day you get born again, only your spirit gets born again. So everything that the Bible just spoke about, that Paul just said, we just read in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, happened to your spirit. Now, it is your duty to bring out that thing. That's why he said, behold. The word behold is see, 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 see. Look at it. It has happened. You need to be able to bring out that thing. Now, the moment you get born again, there is a wrestling. Don't forget I said the body does not get born again. The body will still be hungry. The body will still want sex. The body will still want to lie. The body will still want to sleep. Your mind, if you were lying before you get born again, your mind will still want to lie. So now there will be wrestling. This is why you see that you are, you are born again, but you are still doing the old things you used to do. So this scripture looks like it's a lie. No, it is not a lie. The problem is that you have not allowed yourself to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what brings the change to your body? What brings the change to your subconscious? What brings the change to your conscience? Is the renewing of your mind. How does your mind get renewed? By the word of God. The things you hear, the things you watch. What you listen to. So the moment you get born again, the first thing you need is not prophecy. The first thing you need is not um, anything you think it is. The first thing you need is a change of mindset. Teachings, teachings. Teachings, teachings. This is why we need a lot of teaching churches, a lot of teaching prophets. So we have believers who have prophecy, but they are not growing. We have believers who have prophecy, but their life is not changing. We have believers who are even in an atmosphere of teaching, but the content they have been fed with is not actually growing their inner man. So the spirit is hungry and their life is not changing.
So you see a believer who we say to a lady, a born-again believer, a born-again usher member, choir member, assistant pastor, who we say to a lady, if you don't get pregnant for me, I cannot marry you. Before I can marry you, I have to first of all sleep with you to test if you are fruitful before I can marry you. That's a sign of somebody who is born again. No, don't get it wrong. He's born again. You say, ah, a Christian, ah, a pastor, ah. No, the person is born again. The problem is the mind has not been renewed. Are you getting the concept right now? Are you getting the concept? All right. So the major thing you need is mind renewal. You see yourself, you are born again. You can still get angry. You can still insult. You can still do all the things you do. Your mind is not renewed. You still have a lot of fear inside of you. Your mind is not renewed. Because the Bible said that God has not given us the spirit of fear. So having established this fact now, understand that as a new creation, we have been put in a position of power and authority. I've told us, I told us before how Adam lost the power and the authority God gave to us in the Garden of Eden. But Christ got it back. We're going to take a scripture on that to get back to that. We have been put in a place of power and authority. A position delegated to us by God through Jesus Christ. So the moment you are born again, you have power. Along with that authority, there are certain responsibilities that come with it. We're going to examine the word of God concerning that position of that authority. But I want us to go back to one where, okay, let's go through the scripture before we get into that. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. When you said, Jesus, I receive you, I am born again, something happened. That new creation, that renewer, something happened. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. These scriptures, there are scriptures you should know by heart, all right, as a Christian. There are scriptures you should know by heart. So the day you got born again, look at what happened to you. Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So every unbeliever is living in darkness, no matter how rich you are, no matter the country you are. No matter the kind of light in your house, every unbeliever is living in darkness. The day you receive Jesus, he said there is a translation. So that thing that said all things have passed away, all things have become new. He said you are carried out of darkness and you are brought into the kingdom of his dear son. Where is that kingdom? It's called the kingdom of light. And when you enter this kingdom, something happens to you. John chapter 1 verse 12. John chapter 1 verse 12. John chapter 1 verse 12. Something gets working inside of you because the kingdom where you are in now, there is now a power, there is a system, there is a government. But as many as received him, to them, he gave them power. The word power there, this word power in this context speaks of authority. To become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So the day you got translated, power was given to you, authority was given to you. You are not aware because you feel your body did not change, 
uh, you still went back to the same house you came from. No, it is your own responsibility now to work out that thing that I've been put in you, to make use of it. From that moment, the devil is afraid of you, but the problem is ignorance. We have little or no salvation message. A lot of us don't even know how you got born again. You don't even know when you bought God born again. All you know is I'm born again. So the devil is still playing with you since after 10 years of being born again. Since after 20 years of being born, the devil is still toiling with your life. I pray that tonight the Lord is going to open your eyes to the authority given to you. The Lord is go going to open your mind, open your understanding to the power that he has wielded to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. So now, understand that you have been translated out of darkness. Darkness includes everything that can be dark. Be it sickness, oppressions, be it poverty, be it delay, be it premature death, you have a right. That does not mean they, they have stopped coming against you. No. It, it, authority means you have the power to change them. You have the power to set a boundary. You have the power to stop them. So if you don't use it, now for example, Yaya is listening to me now. I give Yaya, let's say Yaya is recruited into the army. When you get into the army, you get trained. I think you are licensed to possess a firearm. And Yaya now has um, a, let me say, a terrorist who is um, about to attack her. And uh, that attack will lead to her losing something valuable, if maybe her life. And she possesses a firearm and she folds her hand. The terrorist comes to attack her. Do you blame the terrorist? No. Do you blame the government? No. Do you blame the people around? No. You're going to blame Yaya because she has been recruited into the army. She has been trained. She has been given a firearm and she has a license to use the firearm. But she was, she's the one who is ignorant of that information or refused to use it. That is what is happening to a lot of believers. We are ignorant of the power God has given to us. Some of us don't even know it exists at all. Some of us don't even know what they are called. We don't know how to use it. Some know we have heard, but we refuse to use them. So the devil keep robbing you every day. The devil keep oppressing you every day. The devil keep taking your rights from you every day. You must understand. That is why it's called the believer's authority. The word power, like I said, is literally translated authority. You have been delivered from the power or authority of darkness. So while you were an unbeliever, while you have not received Jesus, there was a different authority over your life. There was a different power over your life. The moment you got born again, you shifted from one authority to another, from one power to another. All right, out of darkness into God's kingdom. And Jesus said to us, all power, Jesus said, all power has been given to me. Let's get Matthew 28, Matthew 28, 18 and 19. Matthew 28, 18 and 19. He said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. This was what Jesus said. The word all means all. Matthew 8, 28, 18, 19. He said, all power has been given to me. Not some. 
And Jesus came, spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Are you following now? Now, if all power has been given to Jesus, then which power does Satan have? Is Satan's power excluded from that all power? No man. Even the devil's power is in the hand of Jesus. Just that it's not the time for the devil to be relinquished of his position. So for you to be afraid of the devil, for you to be surrendering to the devil, is you that does not understand. Now look at this. Look at this. All power has been given to Jesus and now you are inside Jesus. So what do you have? What do you have? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. I, I wish there's somebody feeling the fire I'm feeling right now. What do you have? You don't have power. You have all power. Not if you are not getting it. You're not getting it yet. What you have is all power, not power. Because you are inside. You are not connecting from the 240 volts. Now you are living inside the. You are not connecting now even from the transformer. You are living inside the dam. Lot of you, this is why I say you don't know what you carry. All power, you are living inside the dam. You are not connecting from the transformer. You are not connecting from the extension. You are inside the dam. The source of power, you live inside the source. And the command Jesus gave in verse 19, he said, because all power be given to me and you receive me, he said, go ye into the world. Go ye, therefore. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. Go, go. You have all the power. Go. That power was given to you as part of your inheritance in Christ Jesus. That power was given as part of your inheritance in Christ Jesus. The day you got born again is part of your trophy as a son. You have entered into this position of authority because you are in him. This is what Paul said in the book of Acts. In him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. Listen, the reason why you need to be taught is that you need to get the consciousness. Like I just gave an example with Yaya. You carry a firearm and you have an enemy attacking you because you don't know the consciousness is not there and you will surrender to your own death when you had all it takes to defend yourself. And let me shock you. What you have in Christ is more than any firearm. The Bible said, if you read the book of Romans chapter 5, if I can get that scripture, I'll be glad. Romans chapter 5, Verse 18 and 19. Romans 5, 18, 19. It says that righteousness has come to all men by one man. Romans chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. Romans 5, 18, 19. It's talking about how our righteousness came. The word, you should understand this terminology. Salvation simply means to be redeemed, to be saved. All right, new creation means salvation. Righteousness means you now have a right standing. So after you are you are saved, what we call born again, you are now a new creation. All right? And you have a right standing with God. So you have a legal ground with God. You and God, you are no more enemy. You are not quarreling. But before you got born again, you were an enemy to God. 
Every unbeliever now is an enemy to God. God loved them more, but because they have not accepted his son, they are not his friends. So look at what he said. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to the condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, which is talking about Jesus now, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. It came upon all men. The word all men means all men, including upon unbelievers. But they have a responsibility for this justification to be activated. It is called belief. This is why John 3.16 came. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe. All right? So the free gift is upon all men. A Muslim now, the hand of God is around the Muslim. The gift of God is around the Muslim, waiting for that Muslim to say, I receive you, then it will come upon the person. I, and I do worship her now. A malam, the gift of God, of salvation, of justification is upon. This is why we believe in judgment. Let me digress a bit. This is why we believe in judgmental prayer. A, a, a Muslim, a malam, can do charm now, kill a believer. And after he has killed the believer, then they now say, Father, I'm sorry, forgive me, have mercy on me, I receive you. Listen, listen to me. Second Corinthians 5.17 will happen to the malam. All his sins will be washed away. I'm not joking. All his sins will be washed away. If a witch now, a witch that have killed 50 people by witchcraft, killed everybody in the family, made them poor, destroyed everything, now they had the salvation message and got born again. All the sins of the witch will be washed away. So now what happened to the person that the witch has killed? So imagine when that person died, the person was not born again. He's going to hell straight. Imagine when that person who died, the person have not on uh, have never have not fulfilled destiny. The person is lost. So you must protect your life. Being born again is not enough. You must protect your life by praying dangerous warfare prayer. You cannot kill me and use me to repent and go to heaven and I go to hell. Never. I must fulfill my destiny and go and meet my maker at the right time. This is what the believer's authority gives you. Gives you the right and the information and the authority, the power to guard yourself. That was what happened to Cain and Abel. Abel was a righteous man, according to the book of Hebrews 11. But Abel died a naughty death. The brother took a stick, killed him, and the brother continued, went to God, reconciled, built a city, and went on. So, I have people say, ah, my life is in the hand of God, though. God, you are seeing me, oh, whatever they want to do. Hey, oh, God, no, man, no, 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 that's not how it works. That, let's, let's proceed. That's not how it works. No, 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 no. If you, if you are following me now, at this point, you should understand that God has already given you power. If you are following all I've been saying, this is what you should understand now. Power is in your hand, willed to you to do what you have to do. In the context of God's will, that will be given to you. So if certain wrong thing, so why do certain wrong thing happen? The woman being is the cause. God is innocent. Why did that witch fight that woman that they made the woman barren? God is not the problem. Why did the witch make that man poor? God is not the problem. God has already willed power to you. 
in salvation. So it's your duty to search it out, get it, activate it, contend with it. All right. So everyone, everyone has been given the privilege to receive Christ. You don't receive him, that's your own business. So you make a decision to receive the Lord into your life. And at that moment, the righteousness that has been, that has come upon all is now inside of you. All right, don't forget what he said in Romans um, 5, where we just read. He said the righteousness that will come upon all. That righteousness will not enter inside of you. It's no more upon. It will not enter inside of you and start living and walking in your conscience. Now, when you get born again, nothing happens to you physically. Don't get deceived. Don't get fooled. All right? This is a spiritual thing. It happens by faith. You receive Christ by faith. You have to believe by faith that something has happened. You have to go out by faith. You have to start living. You just said the just shall live by faith. You start doing things now by faith with the belief that something has changed in you. Something has happened. I pray for you now. I speak a word. You have to receive it by faith and start functioning by faith. So you become righteous and you are made the righteousness of God in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. The moment you now receive that gift, you are made the righteousness of God in Christ. Don't forget, everything was perfected in Christ Jesus because he died on the cross. He gave up his life. You are still in God, but you can't enter God directly. You have to go to enter God through Christ. For he had made him to be sin for us. So he took our sin. So listen, let's understand this. The day you get born again, your sin was not just thrown in a baller or a dustbin. No, somebody took it. The reason why Jesus died, he couldn't have died without sin. Sin is what kills people. So he took the sin of everybody. Ah, but pastor, when Jesus died, I was not born. He took your sin in advance. So that means, let me explain what that means to you now. So Jesus knew that you, you will sin in 2023. He paid for your sin from the day he died till now and till tomorrow. The sin you would commit tomorrow, Christ already paid for it. So does that mean I should start living in sin because it's already paid? Paul said, God forbid. God forbid. I think Romans 6 verse 1. He said, God forbid. Romans 6, Romans 7 verse 1. He said, God forbid. Your sin you will, con you will commit till he has already paid. But to live consciously in sin is where the problem comes in. So for he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So your sin was taken the day you got born again. Christ took the pain. Christ took the burden. Christ took everything and gave you a new life. So this is why you must not joke with your salvation. Somebody paid for it. It is not free. Ah, just like that, Lord Jesus come into my life. No, it's not free. Somebody died for it. Somebody's life was taken for it. You must understand how this thing came about.
Okay, let's take this version. Said he said Christ never sinned, but God treated him as a sinner. So you see why he died. This is why God turned his back on him on the cross. He never sinned. He took your sin, your father's own, your unborn children, everybody carried their sin. He never committed any sin. But God treated him as a sinner. So Christ could make us acceptable to God. So God needed someone to pay for everybody's sin. That was why the death was a shameful death, the death of the cross. If not by now, we would have been looking for goat and cow to wash our sins and all of that. But one blood paid it all, once and for all. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. He did what nobody could have done for us. Put respect on that name. That's why you must not joke with the name of the Lord. Put respect on that name. He did for us what no one could have done. All right. Now, let me give us some believer's authority, some rights, some benefits of being a believer. The authorities you have, the thing is done for you. Number one, Jesus secured your power and your authority. Number one, in getting born again, Jesus secured your power and authority. Understand this. By dying a terrible death, horrible death, whatever you will call it, Jesus succeeded in securing power by going to the cross. And that power was not because of it. Don't forget, he was already powerful. You know the story. You have read your Bible. While he was on earth, everything he did, he was already powerful. He, don't, he didn't need power at all for anything. No. But by going to the cross, he went to secure power. If you read the book of Peter, Peter said he went to the grave. The night he died, he went to the grave. When he, came, when he resurrected, he went to a grave before he came out. He went to hell, rather. He went to the grave. On the second night, he went to hell to take the key, to take power from Satan. So by suffering the penalty of sin and the defeating Satan in the pit of hell, he came to earth as a man for a season. Bible said he walked around, I think it was for 50 days or so, he walked around on earth to recapture the authority that Satan has stolen through Adam's disobedience in the garden. That was why Jesus was called the last Adam. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 45. He was called in the last Adam or the second Adam. We're going to see two scriptures now. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 45. Then give me Romans 5, 19 that we gave earlier. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Romans 5 verse 19. So Jesus died went to the grave. He went to hell. If you haven't read that, it's in your Bible. He went to hell to collect authority back. What Satan took in the Garden of Eden. So look at it. And so it is written that the first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Alright? The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. So the last Adam, which is Jesus, what did he do? 
he came as a human being, as a living soul. He died for that soul to die. That soul went to the grave. And he came out a quickening spirit. He came out of the grave a quickening spirit. So it was not a thing of human being again or flesh. It was a spiritual thing. Look at what how Paul put it in Romans chapter 5. He said, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So by Adam, all of us became sinners. But by Jesus, all of us became saved again. By Adam, all of us lost power. That authority God gave in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, he said, have dominion, have this, have that. Adam lost everything. But Jesus came and restored everything. So you receiving Jesus, you are giving back the authority that Adam lost. After securing the power and the authority, he gave it to you. Don't forget what I said. It's not for him. He didn't need it. He didn't need the power. He, was, he had power already. He was God. All he went to collect it for was for you. So all he asked you is receive me. So how come now you have now received him and yet you still don't have the power? It's not true that you don't have it. It's you that don't know that you have it. So you are not making use of the power. So freely, he gives it into the hand of those who would receive him? Romans um, John 1 verse 12 again. For as many as have received him, give them power to become the son of God. So it is not enough for us to simply understand that we have accepted Christ or the work that he had done on the cross. We are held responsible because there is something entrusted to us. Okay, Jesus left a mark of responsibility. We are held responsible because something has been given to us. We have to guard it. The devil wants to take it again. Lots of persons by ignorance, Satan have taken it. This is why the Bible said, Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, my people perish for lack of knowledge, not lack of power. The power is there, but the knowledge for them to apply the power or to know the power will to them, they don't have it. So, in the book of Mark 16, Mark chapter 16, Mark chapter 16, let's take from 15. Mark 16 from verse 15. So it's not enough to understand that Christ died on the cross. He has died. I have received him. I'm born again. Glory. No, your work just started. A responsibility has been given. Listen, look at what he said. And he said unto them, go ye into the world. It includes Ghana. It includes America. Listen, this scripture tells you that you should not be local. I've told you this year. If you get the opportunity to travel, even if it's just to visit, travel and come back, stop telling me you want to die in your village. This scripture connotes you should not be local with the gospel. Don't be local with the gospel. 
If God gives you the opportunity to travel, listen to me. Part of the reason why God gave you that visa is not just for you to go and look for money. No, ma, no, sir. It's for you to show. Don't be ashamed to tell people that Jesus is Lord. It's what you are living for. One day you're going to die standing before God. Why did you go to UK? Why did you go to America? Why did you go to Germany? Why did you go to Spain? Why did you go to Canada? Why did you go to China? It's not just to make money. God is going to ask you the privilege I gave to you. Don't be local with the name of Jesus. Don't be local with the power. Don't be local with the gospel. I had a great news. I've been excited that for one week, there's been a revival going on in Kentucky. For one week, people have been praying nonstop in the church. For one week, I, I my soul was just like, yeah, this is what I'm looking for. For one week, listen, we are in the season of revival exportation. We are not just exporting skills, exporting. Listen, please, I beg you. You are my son. You are my daughter. God give you visa to travel. Please, before you travel, look for me. Look for me one week before you travel. Let me let me lay my hands on you. You should leave this country wherever you are with the authority to prophesy. You should enter street and be telling people your name is John. Your name is this. Your father is a witch. Your mother casting out devils on the street. Let let them call police. Uh, let them. They should call police. Cast out them from the police. We have to deal with that demon. Don't travel empty. Look for me. Look for me. Three days fasting, I will lay my hands and impart this power on you. God punish that devil in America and everywhere. Say they are gay and they are what nonsense. Don't travel empty. Don't travel empty. Travel loaded. Go ye into all the world. That is the command of Jesus. He didn't say you should go to your village alone or remain in Ghana, remain in Nigeria. You should be able to go around. Even if you don't want to stay there, you like your country, fine. Just go there to just go, just go. Go there, win one soul. All right, when Jesus come, all right, I want a soul when I went to UK for holiday. I want a soul when I want to Dubai for leave. I, it's not those snap and post bikini and post biniki or whatever they call it. No. It's a command. Can I get that scripture one more time? Repose that scripture for me. Repost it for me. Quick, 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 quick. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for the spirit of revelation. And he said unto them, go into the world. When you go, what do you do? He said, preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. Understand, even dogs should hear the gospel. If because some dog cry, I witchcraft dogs. Every creature, not just human being, every creature. He that believes and is baptized, don't mind me, I'm joking. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. So, you preach to someone, you should be able to baptize them there. You don't have to look for Pastor Norbert. For the fact that you are born again, you have been given an authority, something that has been entrusted to you, that you, you, you listening to me now, can preach to someone who was not born again, they got born again, they believe, they receive Jesus, baptize them. He said, but he that believes not shall be damned. All right? That is not the sweetest part. Look at verse 17. Look at verse 17. Can we get that scripture again? Repose that. Just give me KJV. I don't want to do the scripture. KJV of... Um, repose the scripture. 
Mark 5. Look at verse 17. That was his sweet part. And these signs shall follow them that believe. So it includes you that is saving somebody, the person you are saving, the person that the person you are saving will save, the person that you are saving will save, we save, we save, we save, and all of them. He said, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And you have been going to church. You can't speak in tongues. Your church tells you that it does not matter. It ended with the church. Look at this is Jesus. If you have your Bible, you will see this text written in red. That is the words of Jesus. And there's a saying that the word of a dying man should be taken serious. He spoke these words when he was about to leave the earth, when he was about to die. It was a command. It was a command. He delegated authority, delegated power for us to carry out the word. Go into the word. Go ye into all the word and preach the gospel. He said, and this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. I think that's not the end of it. He continued to say they shall take up serpent and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So you should be able to lay your hands on a sick person and the sick person is healed. And they went further to say that these signs, these signs, these signs, these signs shall follow them. God will confirm the sign following them. As you are going, God is confirming it. The problem is that you refuse to go. Somebody, I will message this online. She knows herself. Message me this afternoon. Papa, I'm seeing snake. The way I was angry, eh? You are seeing snake. I should do what? All the teaching I've been doing for you, all the impartation, your mate has seen angel. Seen, you are seeing snake. You need slap. You are seeing snake. Adam, with all the impartation, with all the prayer, your mate has seen angel, seeing vision. You are seeing snake. You need beating. And do you know what the person will think now? I'm under attack. No, you're not under attack. Your mind is not renewed. That is it. Your spirit is empty. Your mind is not renewed. That's the problem. You're not under attack. You're just seeing snakes somewhere. Paul, snake, fasting on the hand of Paul. Snake, physically, enter the hand of Paul. What did Paul do? Paul shook it off into fire. You're only seeing, you are seeing. You are not calling me. I should come and start praying for one small snake you are seeing. Snake you will rebuke. And... Listen, listen. Everyone listen to me. Listen to me. The believer's authority is the end game. Is the end game. The believer's authority is what makes you stop looking around for certain kind of help. Running for who we lay hands. Don't get me wrong. You have to get the spiritual authority over you. But the devil should not make you start running around looking for church to church. Hey, oh, something is wrong. Go, I'm looking for church. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. No, you are now be you have been given authority. Weigh that word, weigh that word, understand that word. You have been given power. You should be able to stop things and start things at will. Let me try. Number two. Number two thing. Number two package of this salvation. Number two package is that we have authority to preach the gospel. 
Number two package in the salvation. Number one, I said that Jesus secured our power and authority. So he's already given to you. Number two, we have authority to preach the gospel. From the scripture we just read now, Jesus said, go ye into the world. So if you read your Bible, you will discover that the church of today is different from the church of the Bible. How? The church of the Bible, the moment you get born again, you are sent out to go and preach to somebody. You are saved to save others. But the church of today, the moment you get born again, you are asked to stay inside church. The moment you get born again, you are kept within the church walls. So you are useless. You have never won a soul. You have never preached. You have never done anything. You are, you are just being useless. So this is even part of the reason why the power in the believers of today is not working. Because if you want to see the power of God move, it's during evangelism. Oh, yes. If you want to see the power of God move, and some of you have never gone for evangelism in your life. Please, after now, go out for evangelism. You want to see the power of God move? It's in evangelism while you are preaching. You want to see God's power move. You want to know that you are not empty. Go and preach. Go out. Go out. Don't just go and talk to them about Christ. Man, if pray, pray for them. While you are talking to them about Christ, can I pray with you? Pray for them. Is there anything that's wrong with you? Pray. I think my mom gave me a story how she um, went to um, buy something. While she went to buy something, she was led to preach to a woman who was sitting there, and she began to talk to the woman, and the woman was just quiet. She talked and talked, preached, 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 preached. The woman was quiet, prayed for her, and the woman wasn't responding, and she left. And some weeks later, she came back around there to buy something. The woman called and said, Madam, come, please, I want to talk to you. She said, the last time you came to talk to me, the reason why I did not answer you, I thought you knew the woman that owned the shop. He said, everything you talked about is what I've been going through. Everything happening to me, including the, you say you saw a boy, that was my son. You mentioned the age of the child, that was my child. He said, everything, my mom, everything you spoke about, everything you spoke about is all I've been going through, both in my marriage, both my child and everything you said. I thought you knew the woman that owned the shop, so she must have told you things about me. It was later I realized that you don't even live around here. My mother said she didn't even know. All she knew, God just led her to talk to the woman. You don't know the power you carry because you don't go out for evangelism. And this is why the devil keeps oppressing a lot of you. And until you go out, you won't be free. It's true. It's not a curse. It's true. It's true. You are not supposed to be going to church every week just to hear the word, he lay hands on you, you go home and you go home, hear the word. No, what you receive on Sunday, you are supposed, he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see, not before church, before men, that they may see the good work of your father, which is in heaven. He said, you are the light of the world, not the light of the church. If you remain in church, then you are wasting the light. Light is useless inside light. Light only shines in darkness. So your light, don't be as, listen, stop trying to avoid unbelievers. No, you need them. All right? They are the ones with the darkness. You are the one with the light. 
You need them. Stop avoiding them at work. I'm not saying do what they do, but stop running from them. Go there. Go where they are. Sit where they sit. You have to shine. You are around four people that are drinking, and you are the one who is not drinking. It looks strange. Why? I'm a Christian. Eh, you church, church, dear. Christian, Christian, dear. Eh, just drinking. It's normal drinking. I'm sorry. My faith does not allow me to do that. I'm a Christian. That is, that, do you know what you are doing at that moment? Light is shining. You are around believers who are carrying ladies, sleeping with men. Hey, you, see, there's one girl left there. Take this. Say, sorry, I can't do it. It's, it's just ordinary this thing. Just, no, 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 I'm a Christian. Me too, I'm not a Christian. And the person talking to you might be, it might even be your usher leader, might be your choir leader, might be somebody you so honor in church. Don't succumb. No, be the light there. That is what it means that let your light shine. Not to be in church every Sunday, every week you are going to church and yet no, you are wasting, you are wasting. You are wasting. So he said when we go out to preach that these signs shall follow them. Alright? Get me verse 19 and script, uh, 20 of that scripture. Mark 16, 19 and 20. He said these signs shall follow them. I want you to notice, notice something now. He didn't say God will be the one. He said you. He said you. You shall go into the world. All right? Understand that. It is those that believe that go to do those things, not God. God, God is done with his work. Oh, Father, come and heal me. Come and heal my child. No, it is you that have to heal now. Oh God, come and heal my mother. No, it is you that have to come and heal your mother. God has given you the power. This is what you need to understand. It doesn't make you feel, am I, am I saying I'm now God? Am I? That question is useless. No, it is you. God has given you. You are the healer. You are my healer. You are my. That's a song. But that song, if we are to use the context of this, this issue we are talking on now, that song is wrong. All right? You are my healer. You are, you are sending God an errand. God has given you the power to carry out. If we are to bring it in this context, that song is wrong. Doesn't God heal? Yes. Doesn't God save? Yes. But God has now given you the power and the authority. You should be the one. You see the sick, you go there, lay your hand. Say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. You see the blind, you lay your hand. In the name of Jesus, see. You see where a demon is, and you lay your hands. In the name of Jesus, and that is it. It goes. Oh God, come and cast out this demon. Oh God, you are, you, that, is, that is somebody who lack understanding. That's lack of understanding. The believer's authority entrusts to you the ability of Christ, the nature of Christ. The signs follow the believers who act in faith and boldly speak in the name of Jesus. They will cast out devils. They will speak new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick. They will recover. The believer is the one with the power and the authority to do these things. The believer is now the one. Give me verse 20. Give me verse 20. Can I get 19 and 20? Just 19 and 20. I want to, there's a point I want to dwell on more tonight. My time is fast spent. I want to dwell on a particular point more tonight. 
Mark 16, 19, 20. All right. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Verse 20. And they went forth and preached. So you see that they, they obeyed. They went forth and preached everywhere. And the Lord walking with them, confirming the word with signs and wonder. So why will I tell you things that need to happen? Because I'm obeying God. So why do you say things is not happening? You are not obeying God. Uh, let me explain. What God gave to you, you are using it for greed. I don't sit down carrying the anointing on me to prophesy on myself alone, pray for myself, speak. No, I'm using it for people because that is what God sent me for. But your own, all you do, oh, Father, when will I get married? Oh, God, if I can get my husband, oh, God, I want a job. God said, no, this one does not understand the assignment at all. No, 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 no. Leave her, leave her, leave her. She doesn't understand the assignment. Does it mean, God, I can't pray to, for God to give me marriage? No, that's not what I'm saying. Does it mean I can't pray for God? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that what God gives to you is not for you first. It's for others first. That's why the, 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 the golden commandment is love the Lord thy God and love your neighbor. That is the golden commandment. Love the Lord thy God, love your neighbor. That is the golden commandment. So the reason why a lot of us have not gotten the answers we are looking for is because we are not being a blessing to the world. You are hiding the light God has given to you. And a lot of us now have the, the, the song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, and you are a joker. You are a joker. He said you are the light of the world, not little light. So that such mindset is what makes you to try to keep all you are asking and thinking about God is you and yourself. The dream and the vision of Jesus for us is a global vision. He said, go ye into all the world. So if tomorrow, if you see me in UK, don't be surprised, I'm obeying Jesus. Tomorrow, if you see me in South Africa, don't be surprised, I'm obeying Jesus. Tomorrow, if you see me in US, don't be surprised, I'm obeying Jesus. If you see me in Canada, don't be surprised, I'm obeying Jesus. Now, let me, let me shift out of context a bit. Now, this tells you why a believer should not be poor. You cannot go into all the world in poverty. Some of you now can't even afford international passport. So you can't obey Jesus since you are now broke enough. You are broke enough. Eh? You are broke enough not to be able to afford international passports. So if you cannot even afford flight ticket. So to be poor, you, you have limited yourself. You have limited yourself from God's global vision. Everybody is quiet now. No problem. All right. So let me come back to the part that you want to listen. You want to hear me. I know the poverty now have touched on people's body. The poverty touched you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But this is the reality. I, I like I like I like talking the Bible in reality. This is the fact and the truth of the Bible. So if God is to tell you now, hey, 
I want you to go to the U.S. now. There's somebody I want you to preach to now. You don't have passport. You don't have visa. You can't afford ticket. So what will God do? God will look for another man of God who can afford it and give the person the assignment or another Christian. So being poor does not represent Jesus. Somebody was, I was asking somebody this morning, so what do you want God to do for you? He said, uh, I'm sorry, you. I'm not, I'm not trying, I know, maybe I'm trying to send Kana, but I'm not trying to send Kana. I want my finances. I said, I said this one, this, uh, this thing that you're asking now, it's not carnality. It is what you do with money that makes you Kana. Money is, wealth is not Kana. Prosperity is not Kana. It's your consciousness, your mindset about money that now makes it look Kana. I need money. I want to build church. I want to preach the gospel. I want to buy instrument. I can't hide my mouth about it. I can't hide my mouth about it. I need money. I like money. I love money for the gospel. If you give me money now, I'm not going to buy one luxury car. I'm not going to buy one luxury shoe. I'm not going to buy one luxury cloth. No. The gospel. People. Lives must be changed. That a gospel's mouth does not preach. It's money that preaches it. All right. Number three. Number three. This is where I want to dwell on strongly tonight. Number three. We have authority to stand against Satan. Part of our salvation package, number three, is that we have authority to stand against Satan. One of the most vital areas of the believer's authority is this, the power to successfully stand against Satan. I don't mean to fight him. Stand against him. Stop him. Beat him. Defeat him. Deal with the devil. That's one of the most vital areas. Ephesians 4.27. Ephesians 4.27. Very quick. Very quick. Very quick. I pray I get time. This, this will be my last point. We have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot benefit to talk about but this will be my last point for today i want to deal on this i want to deal on this because a lot of us all we have been going through marital oppressions financial oppressions all the kind of attacks all of them are the works of the devil so you must understand how to deal with these wiles of the devil neither give place to the devil this is what jesus said spoke through paul don't give place for him be it in your marriage, be it in your career, be it in your finance. Don't give place. The devil appear in your dream. You now wake up, you start running. Hey, oh God, oh, the devil came, oh, I saw that. What, what are you saying? How did the devil enter in the first place? Who gave him place? That should be your anger. Me now, I now dream. I now see a bad dream. I will now wake up and start calling my pastor. I won't do that. My first anger will be, how did the devil even get here? How, how, how? In the first, wow! Because I know, where do I live? I live in Christ. He that lives in Christ is a new creature. That is my new residence. I'm no more living outside. Listen, understand this. What this thing cover is that whether you are living in Ghana, you are living in China, you are living in UK, you are living in America, no. That is your physical location. But there is a location more important than your physical location. 
That is where your spirit will dwell. You live inside Christ. So how did the devil now come and start giving you bad dream? And you are now talking very, and you will now be talking very emotionally. I now had a dream. They now carried me. The devil carried me. The devil now do. They now beat me. They were beating me. They were chasing me with cutlass. So they will now pity you. You need help. You will need help. Wake up with anger. How? So he said, don't give place to the devil, which means you can give place. All right? You can give place for the devil to come oppress you. You can give place for the devil to come oppress your friend. So how did that thing come in the first place? It's what you need to find out and stop it. That's what we call believer's authority. Not every day start casting one dream, casting one this thing. That you, every day, hey, oh, my dream, every day. Your mates are talking of good things. Are you talking about dream? You know, it's, it's a sign of that you're not growing. Neither give place to the devil. If you read Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians 6, Paul began to list the weapons, the armor as believers. If we can run through that, I will try to skip it, but Ephesians 6, if we can run through that, get the Ephesians 6. There are things that shouldn't happen to you in the first place. All right? Let's start from verse 10. Ephesians 6, start from verse 10. We're going to revisit this scripture let, let's, let's, some other time, not today, but just for the sake of what we are dealing with. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. So now, you have now received a power, but he said there is still something you need to do. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So the devil has things. He has tools, weapons, arrows, skills that he will use to come. So you need to wear an armor, else you will be looking for prayer all your life. Paul went further and said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So there is a fight on ground. But you need to wear your armor to be able to stop this fight. For we also want to give flesh and blood, but against principalities, um, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Continue, continue. Verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you, so look at the armors now, take unto you the whole armor of God. Not one, not one. He said, take all, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. So evil day must come. One day, accident will try to come and take you. One day, Satan will come and attack your finance. One day, you will get married. The devil will try to make sure you don't get pregnant. One day, Satan will try to... So don't wait till you enter the problem before you start. Oh, he says, stand, stand first. Stand against it first. Single lady, don't wait to be married before you start praying about your children. Start praying already while you are single. I cannot be barren. I am getting pregnant under pressure. Don't wait till you get a job before you start praying about certain things. Don't wait before certain things start. Stand against it by putting on the whole armor of God. But we'll wait till we enter inside. We now pray, 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 pray. And hear me, you don't get answer under pressure. 
That's what most of us do. Hey, God, do oh, fire, fire. Hey, Father, hey, Father, fire. Hey, I must get married this year. I must get pregnant this year. Prayer you would have prayed five years ago, ten years ago. You are now praying under pressure. Stand against it. And look at what he said. He said that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Stand. You see, he was, he was he killed emphasizing on the fact that you should stand. So which means there will be something to come and try to push you, scare you. Having done all to stand. Still stand, stand, stand. Therefore, having your loins. So look at the, of the weapon now. Having your loins guard about with truth. Number one weapon is truth. Having your loins guard about with truth. What is truth? Truth speaks of the word. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness covers your, your breastplate, if you understand. As, I, as we are reading this now, you should be reading this with the consciousness of a warrior. Every, you see the olden days warriors, even today, they still do that. What they call bulletproof vest. They wear it on their chest. So, the breastplate of righteousness speaks means that your righteousness should affect your conscience. Your heart should no more be the same as it was. The breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Always be ready to make peace. Always be ready to make peace. Always be ready to preach the gospel. Two things that Christian there means. Number one is to preach. Number two is don't do tit for tat. This is what he said in Romans chapter, chapter 10. Romans 10. I think if you read about, um, about verse 12 thereabout, he said, how beautiful is the feet of them that preach the gospel. We're not going there because of time. I think about 12, I'm, I'm not very sure, but in Romans 10, read from verse 12 thereabouts, all right? How beautiful is the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. So, you must be willing. Preaching is a weapon. Preaching is not for pastors. Preaching is not shouting. Pre the word preach is, is in church now that we have mistaken it. Say, today I want to teach, tomorrow I will preach. No, preaching is not shouting. Preaching means to proclaim. Jesus loves you. Repent. That is preaching. It's not shouting. The kids, the Lord is with you. You will not die. You will live. Today, I have come with the power. No, that's not preaching. No, that is a type of preaching. Preaching means to proclaim. That is what the word preaching means. So he says that if you are not preaching, you are not fighting. Part of your weapon, part of your armor is preaching. Can we proceed? All right, thank you. Romans 10, 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? And it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, bringing glad tidings. Preaching is a weapon. Anytime you are going out to preach to someone, you are fighting. You are enabling the activities of the spirit to fight in your favor. Sixteen, above all, taking the shield of faith. So we say faith is now a shield. Faith is a shield. You want to protect yourself, you must have faith. 
The moment you lose your faith, you've lost your shield. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fairy darts of the wicked. So suddenly, you are trusting God for a child, and the next thing, you are pregnant. Suddenly, you had a dream that something happened, or you woke up, you saw blood. He said, no, don't believe that thing you are seeing. Hold the faith, the shield of faith. That thing is not supposed to enter the first place. But since you have now allowed it, there's something you have allowed that this thing has now entered. Hold the shield of faith. You are trusting God for a job. You have applied for a job. And suddenly, if somebody tells you, ah, all of us that applied, we lost it to say, no, my, I'm, not, I'm not part of all of us. Hold the shield of faith. Hold it. Hold it. I am different. I am different. Let your, by your statement, he went further and said, and the helmet of salvation. So salvation is a covering. Salvation is a weapon. You are born again. Salvation is a covering over your head. Salvation gives you a covering. I told you yesterday about hedge. When Satan said to Job, have you not, have you, to God rather, have you not made an hedge around Job and all his house? The moment you get born again, you are covered. You are covered. Things should not just happen to you. There are things that, that can't happen to me. If it happened, now, my question should be how. I'm telling you the truth. My question is how. I will start checking around me. What happened? Who visited me? Who did I visit? What did I eat? What did I do? There are things that can't happen to me. My question will be how. From where? Why are you talking as if you are God? Are you not a mortal man? I'm a mortal man. A mortal man that knows his rights in Christ. That is who I am. How? From where? How did it happen? There are things that should not just happen to you. If you don't carry this mindset, you're going to live a life, Satan will make you a specimen. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Woo! This is the part I like. You need sword. So in all of these things, after the armor protecting yourself, you need to get the sword. The sword of the spirit speaks of the word, speaks of the Bible. Which is the word of God. If you even put it there, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So you must be willing to fight. Stop always covering yourself. I cover myself with the blood. I cover, I cover. The blood is not only for covering. A lot of believers, the reason why they are suffering is not because they are sinners. They are covering too much. If you keep playing defense and you are not attacking, you can't win the match. Very soon, one goal will enter by mistake. I cover myself with the blood. I cover my mother. I cover my father. I cover, I cover, I cover. Okay. And the devil is around you. Keep looking for loopholes. Keep looking for loopholes. I cover. You are covering. No, madam. No, sir. You have covered it. As you are covering, be shooting. As you cover, I plead the blood. As you cover, I plead the blood. As you cover, I plead the blood. I speak the blood against every demon, against every witchcraft. I cover myself. I speak the blood against every accident. I speak the blood. So don't just cover on the protective. He said be on the defensive and be at the attacking side. Be at the defensive and be at the attacking side. Listen, tonight you're going to sleep. You slept and they came to oppress you, they came to attack you, they came to do all kind of things to you. Beautiful. Now, do you know why some of those things happened? 
Before you slept, you only covered. You did not release on fire against the coven where that thing came from. You did not release fire. Just imagine before you went to bed, you blasted in tongues one hour. And that one hour as you are done, you made declaration, Father, I shut down covens. No witch flies tonight. No coven meeting holds tonight. In my family house, any witch that tried to fly, I kill them. In this compound, any witch that tried to fly, I kill them. I put fire here. I put fire here. I put angels here. I put fire here. I put fire here. I am covered with the blood of Jesus. And you go to sleep. Where will they start from? Where will they start from? But your own, you have cover, 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 cover. So, because there are certain loopholes, because there are certain things that are that you have, you are, you are, you are now vulnerable to attacks. By the time they press, 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 one way they get you. You now wake up. Oh, Father, hey, Father, come on, come on. The coven should not hold in the first place. Stop the coven meeting first, then go and sleep like a baby. You can now snore comfortably. Be on fire. Take territories. I remember somebody messaged me. Hey, Papa, look at what happened. I said, I said, don't worry. Don't worry. Go is done. Papa, pray. I said, don't worry. Go is done. The next day, I called. I said, Alpha. He said, it didn't happen again. I said, so what happened? He said, I don't know. I said, authority spoke. Authority spoke. I, I know this one. I don't need prayer. I know. The devil knows. He knows. I don't need to pray. This is what we call the believer's authority. There are things you don't pray about. You stop it. There are things you don't pray about. You stop it. I think I remember when, we, when I was living in the other um, area in Sukakope. I traveled. And I had somebody who I made stay, stay, stay in the house. And when I came back, he said, sir, one woman appeared. One woman appeared. He said, um, say, I am here. You are not here. They will deal with me. They will I said, don't worry. Don't worry. Go and sleep. Yes, sir. And I said, go and sleep. Tell them I'm, I'm back. But, sir, he said, woman. I said, don't worry. I'm back. That was T-date. That dream did not repeat. T-date now. It's over one year. They, 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 they don't date. It. it didn't repeat itself. Who born you? And do you know what a traditional believer would have done? Really? Hey, let's pray. In the name of Jesus, we cast you. Listen, what you just did, what you just did is not authority. Nah, 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 nah. You call it prayer. But most prayer we pray is prayer of fear, prayer of defeat. That's not authority. Nah, 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 that's not authority. There are things you don't pray about. You just declare. You stop it. This is why you must grow in the world. This is why you must grow in knowledge. A lot of you still pray like a beggar. Oh, God, please now. Oh, God, please. Let me marry this year. Oh, God, please. Am I not your child again? Am I, am I a tree? Look at other people. Other people got Valentine gift. I didn't get Valentine. Oh, God. Oh, God, please. Oh, God, if you can just. Oh, God, if you can just. Oh, God. Are you serious? Praying like a beggar? He said, this is the confidence we have in him. That when we pray, do you, don't you know what the word confidence is? He said, let us come boldly onto the throne of, let us come boldly. 
Alikosi Vreti Gadahasis. Felikot Edayata. Listen, there are issues people bring to me and I pray, I start praying with them. But there are, particularly when I see demons oppressing people, I don't like to pray. When people are brought demons are oppressing them, I don't like to pray. I'm angry. I'm, I just get angry. I cast them out fast. I don't pray. I don't pray. You devil go out. Just go. Uh, I should come and start wasting my time with one demon. We start there in the name of Jesus. Fathers, we pray. Oh, set down your fire. We'll not do worship. We'll not do praises. We'll not enter prayer. Then before we'll not start casting the devil. What now? This is the confidence. I don't need to look for it. It is in me. Christ in me is the hope of glory. The power is in me. I have it. He that is in Christ is a new creature. I have it. As many who have received, he gave them power. If I sleep now, I have it. If I wake up, I have it. I'm going to the toilet. Even if the poop is smelling, I have it. I'm coming from the toilet. I have it. I'm going to work. I have it. It didn't, it didn't live anywhere. It didn't live. I'm driving. I have it. It, it, it is in me. I have it. So don't wait. Oh, let me now go. This is why, listen, everyone, listen. I believe in anointing oil. I believe in blessing water. All right? You must not trust anointing oil more than what is in you. What is in you is stronger than what is in the oil. In the first place, that oil that you carry that is blessed, I was the one that put something inside. So you now had a dream. You now wake up midnight. You start looking for oil. Where's my oil? Carry oil. You are sprinkling like, like one native doctor that wants to pour libation. But the blood of Jesus, hey, Father, oh, hey, we stop it, oh, hey, we stop it, oh, we stop it. Blood of Jesus. No, no, no. That's not what you do. As you wake up, you should draw out of the thing in you, not carrying oil like one juju priest. What is wrong with you? The power in you is bigger than the, the oil is just ordinary oil. It is what you, the, what was spoken over it and who believes. That's what makes it powerful. It's ordinary oil. You can use to fry chicken, cook stew, cook uh, um, anything you want to cook. Ordinary oil. It is the authority that speaks over it and the belief that makes it anointing oil. I can use red oil to do deliverance. Demon will still go. Me. I will take red oil, lay it, I will lay it, demon will still live. I can use water to do deliverance, demon will still go. Somebody will still carry oil blessed by an archbishop and a pope, the demon will not go. So the problem is not the oil, the problem is you not understanding your rights. That is the problem. So Paul had to explain to us the weapons and the right that we have. Can I get the last part of that scripture? I think we stopped. Where did we stop? Ephesians 6. Where did we stop at? There's a part I want us to, to view. Quick, quick, quick. I want to be sure I finish this before we go into. All right. Take the. Uh, um, okay. And take the helmet of the salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 6, verse 18. Praying. Always. So you see, all these things. He said, how do you activate these things to work? Praying always. With all prayer. We're going to deal with kinds of prayer. I told you this month we're going to do a lot of teaching. Praying always with all prayer. So there are kinds of prayer. There is supplication. There is intercession. There is, they have all different kinds of prayer. So you must know the kind of prayer you pray. But Paul said you need to pray all kinds of prayer. 
all kinds of prayer. If you want these weapons, you want them to be active, you want to always win, he said pray always with all kind of prayer. And supplications in the spirit. In the spirit. Not in the flesh. In the spirit. That is the key. Oh, pastor, I have prayed. Nothing is changing. You did not do that prayer. In the spirit. I don't mean speaking in tongues now. I mean when there is a connection between heaven and earth. When you pray to a place where you are connected, you know. You can be speaking in tongues and yet you are not connected. When you are connected, you know, you know, in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all sin. So he said, even while you pray in the spirit, one of the signs that you pray in the spirit is that you are a watcher. If you pray in the spirit, you should see visions. If you pray in the spirit, your spiritual senses should be at a lot. If you pray in the spirit, you should there should be a, a, a prophetic magnetic feed around you. Sometimes I prophesy in some way that I, I get confused. Like I said, myself, I said, what's wrong with you? Can't you pray first before you start prophesying? Can't you first pray before you start prophesying? Just pray first now or worship. But it's not my fault. It is not, it's a nature. It's a nature. It's a nature. That's how it should be for every believer. It's a nature. Your senses should be alive. By praying always in the spirit, you should enter a place and say, no, this place is polluted. There are witches here. I, not, I, 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 I neutralize the witchcraft in this atmosphere. And the witch that we say, come, somebody has come here that is not a good person. Somebody has come here that is not supposed to be here. You should enter a place, the environment will change by you entering because you pray always. Not just praying always, praying in the spirit. So Paul said, with these things, we can combat Satan. He tried to explain each of the armor. We're going to find time and do exegesis on each of those armor. And that will be your second assignment. Go back and read these scriptures. Listen to this message. Go through these scriptures. Find, ask yourself, how can I become this person that Paul is talking about? It is possible. This scripture was not written for people of those days. It is as valid as this moment. Understand this. All through all we read now, not once does Paul say that God will put the armor on you or that God will fight the devil for you. No. All right? Not once did Paul said, God will put the armor on you or God will fight for you. No, 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 no. You must understand, you, you, he said you, is you, the subject you have to understand there now is you. He said you, be strong in the Lord. That was what he began with. You, be strong in the Lord. All right? You, be strong in the Lord. You put on the whole armor of God. You be able to stand against the words of the devil. You take the whole armor of God. That you, may, you is the major contest. You is you that we do with. This is where the whole problem is. Though. Not God. God is done with his work since Genesis. God have retired. Jesus finished his work 
on the cross. He has retired. He has given you everything. He's waking back, waiting to come and collect victory along with you and celebrate with you that, my son, you did well. And now, let God arise. Let my enemy be scattered. Let God. No, that's not what he said. Psalm 68, verse Can we get that scripture? Psalm 68, verse 1. Can we get that scripture? Psalm 68, verse 1. I wish I can, I, I wish I can, I can finish this point the way I want to before our time finishes and we take some prayer and close. Can I get that scripture? Psalm 68, verse 1. You see that after that scripture, you have been, you have been reading it very wrong. And quoting the let God arise, let my enemy be scattered. That's not what he said. That's not what it said. Quick, 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 quick. A lot of us, you are bequeathing your responsibilities. Let God arise, let his enemies, not your own. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Not your own enemy. Your enemy is your responsibility. God already gave you the power. So what a lot of us are doing, we are sending God errand. Oh God, arise. Oh God, arise. Anybody that hates me, hey God, arise. When I, people, they, when I see the way some people pray, eh? when I see the way some people pray, I'm like, are you sure? How, they, how? Where are you coming from? Oh God. Hey, the way they say, I cannot get married. God, shame them. Hey God, shame them. Hey God, shame them. Really? Prayer does not respond to emotions. Prayer responds to principles. I've told us, prayer, prayer is like going to court. So if you are laughing now, you are guilty. You are just laughing. You are guilty. Prayer is like going to court. If you don't have facts, you can't put your papers together. You can't put your evidence and proofs together. You will lose. And the reason why a lot of you don't know is because you don't study, you don't learn, and you don't pray a lot. If you pray a lot, you will understand how this operation goes. So the whole thing there is you, that you may be able to stand there in the evil day, not God coming to stand. You will be able to stand by faith. Everybody will experience evil day, but will you be able to stand? Times will come that despite everything you are doing, you are giving, you are fasting, you still go through difficult times. You have to be able to stand. You have to be able to resist by the reason of the armor. Not God. God has given you the power and the authority to stand against Satan and his destructive works and his agent against witches and wizards. The Satan, listen, everyone, listen. Satan is not fighting you. Let me repeat. Satan is not fighting you. What is fighting you are his agents, human beings like you, witches, wizards. Satan is not fighting you. If Satan comes for you, you are finished. If Satan comes for you, you are, you are gone. Satan is not fighting you. No. The way you give yourself to God for God to use you, that is how somebody has gave themselves to Satan for Satan to use them. So they are the one fighting you, not Satan. So there is a war going on between the devil and the kingdom of God. God does not fight. God cannot fight. God is done. The devil is using his people. God is using you. So you now have to build yourself. 
We are in a battlefield. Attack will come on your finance. You should fight. Not let God arise, let my enemy be scattered. That's just a song of, what do I call it, cry? Okay, let's call it motivation. But you need to fight. He has provided the armor that you need. But it is your responsibility as a believer to put on that armor and stand against the devil. Give me James 4 verse 7. James 4 7. James 4 7. James 4 7. He said, resist the devil and he will flee. Resist the devil and he will flee. James 4 7. I think that's, that's it. Yes. James 4 7. Verse 6, first of all, said that you should humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Then verse 7 said that resist the devil, then he will flee. Get that scripture as we proceed. So, the armor and the weapons are at your disposal. Understand that. God has put all his armor, all his weapon at your disposal. God is there with you to back you up. He's there. But it's not his duty to fight. All right, verse seven. Verse seven. So, but he giveth grace, more grace, unto more grace. Where he saith, God resists the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. Verse seven. You submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. So, before you will resist the devil, be sure you are submitting to God. This word said that we ask you who sent you and it will beat you up. So if you are living in disobedience, correct, first Corinthians had to say that when your obedience is complete, then you can lead other things into obedience. So before you can go to the devil and say, Satan, I command you go, be sure you are obeying God. You don't have a prayer life. You don't have a fasting life. You are not living a pure life. You are not, fasting is not even in, in the matter in this contest now. Fasting is at a different level. Just having a prayer life, first of all, knowing the word of God, living a pure life, obeying God. God tells you things to do, whether it's give, whether it's pray, whatever God, obeying God. It gives you more authority. The devil knows when you disobey God. So when you come and say, sit and go, Satan will say, no, you, you are not obeying authority, so I cannot obey your own authority. That's how it works. If you don't obey authority, Satan will not obey you. So you will first submit yourself to God before you can resist the devil. No matter the anointing on your head. Alright. So you resist the devil and he flees. It's as simple as that. God is there with you to back his word. But all is worthless unless you take your position of authority and assume the responsibility to use what God has provided. God is there to back his word, but nothing will happen until you understand the authority you have, take that position, and use the weapon that God has provided for you. You have the power and the authority to take the word of God, to take the name of Jesus, to take the power of the Holy Spirit, and put the devil on the run out of your life. There's this movie, this American movie, what's the name? A lot of you need to watch that movie. If you have not watched it, you are not doing yourself a favor. I'm not a movie person, but war room. War room. That is how a believer's life should be. War room. In fact, you should not even be in the first part. Huh? 
But if at all you find yourself there, that is how we believe us life should be. You see, the woman converted her closet, her closet, converted it into a prayer altar. And the devil flee out of our marriage. Some of you are running around looking for what you did not keep. Go if you have what if you have not watched that movie, go get it and watch. Create a prayer altar. How do you make a prayer altar? Have a prayer time. Have a prayer place. If you have not watched that movie, it's a movie you should watch. I don't recommend movie. I'm not a movie. I like busha 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 busha. If you are not shooting gun, I don't. You see, see, this is my, my mentality because I like I like believe in warfare. If you are not shooting gun, nothing interests me in that movie. There should be gun or there should be cutlass. Yeah, fear, fear, fear. If somebody is not dying, I don't enjoy a movie. There should be shooting. Go, 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 go. Uh-huh. Simple as ABC. That's we. My wife will be with me as I watch him. We say, see this thing now. This is how Satan will behave. Satan will now come. This, he said, ah, even in movie, you are even preaching. I said, that's what I'm watching the movie for. I don't watch movie for fun. No, not me. Nah, I watch movie to understand warfare. I watch movie to understand warfare. So now come and start watching. Now come and carry a jacko and lean win. Start laughing, 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 laughing. Now come and carry Jackie Apia and uh, Ramsey Noah. Start, you now watch. Jackie Apia now leave Ramsey Noah. You start crying. And you will be crying. Ah, me. Cry for movie. Tofiakwa. Holy Ghost fire. Cry for movie. For what? Ah, can't get out of there. Shoot gun. Make, come, what? Come and make me emotional for what? I should be emotional in the place of worship and prayer. Now come and listen to Jackie Apia before you know. Not, oh, they now put one sorrow song at the background. The boy's mother now died. The father now died. The boy is now a widow. The boy now. I forget that from there. Get shoot gun, shoot gun, kill somebody. Let's do this thing. We don't. I don't have time to waste. Hmm? So that when I'm dealing with the devil, I know how to deal. Let's deal with the devil. Don't be showing me this thing. And I like warfare because our actor does not always die. Arthur does not always die. No matter what the actor go through, Arthur will always win. So no matter what you go through, you should always win. That's the mentality. All right? So we're in a war zone. The devil is out for you. The devil is out to disgrace you. The devil is out to put you to shame. The devil is out to spoil your business. Complaining will not change anything. Murmuring will not change anything. Crying will not change anything. You got to be strong. You, not God, you. You have the power. Put Satan on the run. Cast him out of your affairs. Don't pray and ask God to fight Satan. Oh God, arise. Fight every enemy fighting me. No, you devil. Get out. That is how it works. You devil. Get out. The devil knows you know what you are doing when you pray like that. The devil knows you know what you are doing when you pray like that. You devil holding my marriage. Get out! Oh God, arise! Where they are fighting my marriage? Oh God, go! Go, God, go and kill them. God, go and release my marriage. God, go! Send my husband. God, go! No, 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 no. You are sending God on errand. That's not how to pray. No, 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 no. God has given you angels. God has given you speaking in tongues. God has given you scriptures. God has given you, you arm yourself with those weapons strategically. When weapons are at your disposal, you decide what is right at what time. 
So you know whether you need a knife for this fight. You know whether you need a grenade. You know whether you need a gun. You know whether you need uh, a Mark IV. You know whether you need an AK-47. You know whether you need whatsoever. It's time for you now to decide the weapon and put the devil on the run. Not tell sending God on errand. God is not your errand boy. God is not your errand boy. That's not how to pray. And this is why a lot of us are not getting answers to prayer. The reason why you get answers at all is Romans chapter 8, verse 26. For we know not what we ought to pray, for the Spirit prays for us. All right? We know not what we ought to pray. So sometimes the Holy Ghost will just show you mercy, help you redirect your prayer, interpret your prayer, and give you a result. Not because you are praying the right thing. But you need to learn the art of prayer. Prayer is an art. Learn the art of prayer. Prophetic prayer, judgmental prayer, intercessory prayer, the art of supplication. Learn the art of prayer, the prayer of agreement. Don't pray and ask God to fight Satan for you. God won't respond to you. You are the one in authority. Take your responsibility. Speak directly to Satan yourself. And stand your ground. Don't forget what Paul said almost four times. He says stand, which means while you keep speaking, the devil will pretend he's not hearing you. The devil will try to scare you the more. The devil will try to force his way further. Stand. While you speak to the devil directly, take your stand. Stand firmly. And the devil will flee. You are sick. You keep praying for healing. The devil will not go quick. He will stay there. A demon is oppressing your finance. You keep commanding the devil to go. He will act like he's not hearing you. Stand your ground firmly. Stand your ground firmly. Stand your ground firmly. Give me this last scripture. If you, have, if you have not followed the page, follow the page. I want us to pray. I'm going to give us some scriptures that scare Satan. Time will not permit me to do it here. It might not be in the recording. I want, us, I want to be sure our recording is intact. 1 John 3 verse 8. 1 John 3 verse 8. Okay, let me see if I can give us just three. 1 John 3 verse 8, 1 John 4 verse 4, 1 John 5 verse 4. Scriptures that Satan does not want to hear. These scriptures, don't, don't read them in your heart. Read them out. Quote them out in the place of warfare. Quick, roll them out for me. 1 John 3 verse 8, 1 John 4 verse 4, 1 John 5 verse 4, Revelation 12 verse 11. He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the devil does not want to hear this. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that, the, that he might destroy the works of the devil. This is one of the scriptures to cast out demons. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 4, 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world for whatsoever is born of god overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh not you will overcome listen don't forget jesus already won took the authority took the victory gave it to you so your own now is to deploy the victory that is what is hard for you all these things you are. If Jesus never died, then that means you and I would have been finished. Christ have done everything. Your own night is to go and overcome the devil and take what is yours. 
and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Not the will. It's done already. So you now have to remind the devil that he has lost. Alright? You need to remind the devil that you have been overcome from the cross. God has already finished you. You have been dealt with. You have no power here. You have no authority here. You have been finished. So therefore, get out. There are scriptures. Satan does not, Satan does not want you to know about it. The devil does not want to hear them at all. If you read them to a demon-possessed person, the demon will run out. Without prayer, the demon will run out. In the book of Psalms, David says, strangers will hear my voice and they will fade out of the hiding places. The devil is a stranger. You can cast him out. You have what it takes to cast him out. I hope with this little point of mine, I've been able to convince you that you have authority. And I pray for you tonight, wherever you are listening to this right now or after now, that you will no more feel empty in the realms of the spirit. You will put demons on the run. Bible says one shall chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. You will put demons on the run. You, you, you. You will put demons, that demon in your family, that demon over your finance, your, you will put demons on the run. In the name of Jesus, your words become powerful. Your words become powerful. Your authority, you begin to possess and manifest your place in Christ. In the name of Jesus. All right, let's come back.